are late because of myself, but it is all right. Y'all, I know you're sitting on the edges of your seats, so you can hear me say it all over again. Welcome to Spirit Addicts. Welcome back, Taylor from Norvell Central. I'm ready to start talking about all of this. It's crazy. The, the football season ends, and we've got more to talk about now than we do probably during the season. Almost feels like it. Um, so on this episode, everybody, we're going to cover recruiting. We're going to cover transfers. We're going to recover a little bit of the Florida game. Might even bring up some other stuff, but the main, uh, I would say, news and content is going to be probably what we think about certain coaches, what do we think about what the recruiting trail looks like right now, these home visits, Um Kind of, kind of go from there. I'm gonna uh, kind of turn it over to Taylor, and I will bounce off of him back and forth. Y'all stick around for. I think there's news that other people aren't talking about, and they they don't get into detail the way that we're about to. So stick around, and just check out what we got to say. Taylor, take it away. Well, let's first off by the Florida game. Very ugly. Um, very uh, it. It is a surprise. Uh, let me just put it that way. That's a situation where Florida State struggled with special teams all season, and it reared its ugly head back again, and we're back at square one again with that. You're hoping that Florida State can kind of get a dynamic athlete as a returner. Uh, Devon Mortimer is likely the, the candidate there. I know it's I know he's a true freshman, but uh, as the Florida State staff likes to say, Devon Mortimer is the best – slot receiver in the state of Florida, and he's a very, very dynamic weapon in the special teams. He has about six uh, special teams touchdowns from his uh, junior season, and then he had two from this season as well. So it's not a surprise that Florida State is going after him very heavily, and he's going to be staying committed uh, as we go into this early signing period. But overall, the Ontario Wilson um, muff punt, I think, was a just a dagger uh, with, with certain everything going on. And the worst part about it was Embry and Jones did throw those three interceptions in the first half, and we didn't do anything to capitalize off of it. And it doesn't help that Mackenzie Milton is uh, a shell of himself, like I've been saying all season. Uh, Tate Rodemaker tried to come in and make a play. just isn't uh, – he isn't developing properly. So that kind of goes without saying that uh, what we'll kind of describe a little bit later is Florida State needs a quarterback. Uh not saying it has to be somebody that pushes Jordan out of the way, not saying it has to be somebody that uh, drives him and Duffy off the program, whatever the case is, there needs to be depth at the position. And you're coming into a season now where you're going to have two scholarship quarterbacks uh, going in until AJ Duffy signs, then you'll have three, you know, you have Geno English as the walk on. So you're going to have a couple of options, but it's not a whole lot of options considering that Jordan Travis has missed a lot of practice time. He's missed a couple of games that he shouldn't have. You know, there's a couple of things going on minus the flu. Um, it's just a lot of different challenges and adversities that you have to face. Uh, the third and 21 against Florida was uh, really bad. Uh, the two missed tackles there, that was disgraceful. Um, we had an opportunity to get off the field and let them kick a field goal to kind of keep going. Uh, we missed – an opportunity to kick a field goal at halftime with Jordan uh, not really sliding in, in the appropriate time there. 
Not sure that Ryan Fitzgerald would have made the field goal, but you give yourself an opportunity at the end of the half to kind of be successful, and then you go ahead and kick it off uh, to us in the second half. We didn't do anything for about two hours on offense, and it isn't surprising. Um, like I've told you before, we don't have any dynamic receivers that can create separation for themselves, and that showed its ugly head again. Uh, like I said, this isn't something that's new. I mean, you shouldn't be surprised. This Florida roster is better than Florida State's. And not saying that Florida is a better coach team. I just think their players wanted it more. And you saw that with their running back, Pierce, that was running for a touchdown without his helmet. Basically, he wants it more than Florida State did. And some of the level of emotions and aggressions that were going on in that game, Florida State should have handled it a little bit better. Mike Norville can be the first one to tell you that. But I will say that Florida State did not play its best game at all. Um, it was a game they could have had easily, um, but they didn't They didn't convert. Uh, they went away from some of the th certain things they do, like running the football like they have all season. It's kind of went in a, a sour direction there. This offense, and specifically this team, cannot battle back consistently from deficits. So once you get in that deficit, I know that they fight back from those deficits, but they don't have the talent around this roster. And hopefully when we highlight some of these guys that they're going after and on the recruiting trail, I'm so thankful that Mike Norvell decided to go straight to the recruiting trail rather than kind of sowing this loss and, you know, kind of staying around the organization and the university at that point. I'm glad that he's trying to upgrade the roster because not saying this roster is absolutely terrible, but it does need a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of work. And, that's where we kind of begin right now. And where are we going to go from here? Chris, where are we going to go from here? What What do you think? I think we're going to go uh, up, and we're going to continue to go up, and we're going to go a little bit higher than we are this year. Um, I'm going to make something clear real quick. I, I, I made a couple of tweets and on my Facebook page and even on uh, Instagram, I had stated that, um, I was proud of the fight in this team. I was proud of um, what these guys are doing. I'm proud to see, you know, just growth, um, period. And I think some people took that as I'm satisfied with the way the season went, that um, I'm stating that the 5-7 and seven standard at Florida State is acceptable. Uh, that is by no means what I'm saying. Um, five and seven is not acceptable at Florida State. Six and six is not acceptable. I think anything less than ten wins isn't acceptable at Florida State. I mean, I'm pretty sure we all agree that our standard is ACC titles and now competing in uh, playoffs. So that's Florida State standard. What I'm stating is very simple. I'm proud of where we came from with an 0-4 start. When most of our teams in the past three to four years, after one loss, we fold and we're done for the season. We don't have any fight left in us. Um, probably the ugliest game that we played all season, even in, in my opinion, that that we went and played in Gainesville. Um, it, it was just really disappointing to see how many penalties. It was disappointing that no one really stood out and made plays. Um I don't have anything bad to say really about uh, Jermaine Johnson or Kira Thomas or anybody to that effect, but they had like zero effect in that game. That There was 
there was just no effect whatsoever. The three picks that were thrown uh, that you stated before by Emory Jones in the first quarter, and we didn't get points out of any of that, uh, that just allots for, say, what's happened with the offense as, as well. We, we just came there and we played really flat. We played um, uh, a really dirty game. We, we had a lot of penalties. Uh, you can't win games that way. Um, what I'm proud of is we continue to play all the way through that game. I mean, with very few seconds left, we're still trying to score. Um, you know, we were down what uh, 24 to seven at one point. Yeah. Um, and the game ends at 24 to 21 because these guys didn't give up. Um, I mean, they were even you know fixing to try for the 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 onside kick and things just happened. Uh, that didn't go our way. Uh, but that's what I'm proud of. I'm proud to see fight no matter what the circumstances are, no matter how far down we are, no matter how bad we've played, whatever the case may be, these guys don't give up. That's what I'm proud of. I'm proud that we won five games after going 0-4 um, because it could have very easily been an 0-12 season or a 1-11. You, you could have had that very easily if this team were to gave up on them, the, the coaches or they gave up on themselves or one another. So where do we go from here? Um, we get this 2022 class in here and hope that a handful of them are instant impact players uh, that can make an impact as soon as they get here. Um, and I'm pretty sure that no one can say that Norvell and the staff doesn't do a decent, if not a very good job in the transfer portal on pulling kids that are an instant impact. Um, did they all work out? Did they all pan out? No. But seven of the eight transfers that he pulled over here ended up on the all-ACC team. So that tells you a little bit of what type of development we have for guys that transferred over here. Um, I think if we do something similar to that with the class that we're bringing in for 2022 and the remaining players that are – at FSU standard, um, you combine those three. Um, I'm I'm looking for an eight to nine win season next year. That's that's what I think. Yeah, and I will say this too about the transfer portal. You know, Jermaine Johnson and Kier Thomas were phenomenal. You know, there was even guys like Fabian Lovett that had come over from the portal that was phenomenal for him. You know, Devontae Love Taylor minus this year, he's a little bit shell of himself. You know, of course. Uh, he was very good. Uh, he got what you needed. Dylan Gibbons was also another uh, prime transfer candidate that did pretty well at times. There were some bonehead penalties at times, but he's still kind of getting adjusted to everything. He'll he'll get better. But you know, Andrew Parchman, uh, the fourth and fourteen by itself uh, just made it made it sweet for that one. But you know, it, you look at a couple of these guys that we had gotten. Jamie Robinson, another kid. Uh, I talked to him today. Um, he's still kind of uncertain about everything and kind of relaying his options about the draft and everything. It's still going to be the same thing with Amari Gaynor and, you know, and uh, Jay Sean Corbin, guys like that, Cam McDonald, another kid. So, you know, they're all going to be relaying their options about certain things. Uh, Fabian Lovett's going to do the same thing. Robert Cooper, you know, the list goes on and on. You, you have to figure out what your best interest is in the NFL draft. But just overall, I mean, like I said before, the transfer portal is literally just a Band-Aid. You're, you're putting a Band-Aid over the roster, trying to bridge it uh, to a certain thing to where some of your younger guys can get a little bit more experience 
get a little more teaching from some of the older guys and kind of go from there. It's good to have a couple of transfers, prospects, especially with your roster looking like this. And I'm not saying Florida State's roster is terrible, like I said before, but you have to give yourself an upgrade at certain positions. Um, defensive end, like I said before, is something that's going to be crucial this season to kind of figure out what you have because Jermaine Johnson and Garrett Thomas are no longer here. What do you have in Marcus Cushney from Alabama A&M? Do you think he's going to be that instant impact player? Or would you go more along the lines of Byron Turner, George Payton, or uh, Patrick Payton, uh, George Wilson, all those guys? Are they going to be impact starters? You know, if Robert Cooper and um, also Fabian Lovett, if they both go to the NFL draft or one of those two guys go, what do you do at the defensive tackle position? Are you hoping on Malcolm Ray? Are you going for a guy like Bishop Thomas and Daniel Lyons? Are you going for tweeners like Sean Bray Jackson and Joshua Farmer? Uh, Jarrett Jackson, you know, is another kid they, they're really high on, but are you really going to be able to promote your defensive line, you know, apply as much pressure as you can because your defense really did take a step forward this season? Um, you know, linebacker play or not, you know, there were Kalen Deloche and DJ Lundy had some bright moments there at the linebacker position. Amari Gaynor also had some bright moments. But um, even with those shortcomings of that linebacker group, you were still able to get enough pressure up front to force where those linebackers didn't really have to put so much pressure into, you know, playing in coverage as much. They were able to kind of be more run stoppers, uh, what their skill sets are used to. Um, the secondary played well in the second half of the season. You still saw some – questionable uh, coverages at, at certain times, and there were some blown coverages. Uh, you saw that with J.B. Robinson against Florida. Even though he did have 16 tackles in the game, there were times where he was out of position a lot of the times. So you have to find that happy medium, but I think it all starts in the trenches, both on the offensive line and the defensive line. And I think that's where Mike Norvell is going to really put his stamp on things and say, hey, you know, we understand the limitations of this roster. We understand in the recruiting basis, we're going to try to get six or five offensive linemen committed. We're going to try to go and get, you know, five or six defensive linemen committed because they understand the importance of, you know, recruiting that position, but also getting those prime transfers. And I think that's where you're going to see Florida State really make its name for itself in the transfer portal is through the defensive ends and also maybe even interior offensive line or offensive tackle. Yeah, I – you know, I think. You know, I'm not a hundred percent positive on who they're the highest on in the transfer portal as far as some of these positions go. I know we got the Fraser kid coming out of FIU that that seems like he could be a decent help to the team. Um, you also got uh, Caden Wiles from Wisconsin. Uh, they're kind of looking at him as a center. Marie Smith is. You know, he's still working on his weight gains. He's still working on strength and conditioning. you got to kind of get him right. But I think if you get a guy like Caden Lyles to kind of bridge that gap to help him along the way, that could be a situation where, you know, you can go to that situation with Caden Lyles. Yeah, uh, I'd love to have the kid from Wisconsin, to be honest. The experience, and he's it's not just his experience, he's – He's a good center. Yeah. Uh, he's a good all-around offensive lineman, really. But I'm looking for some wide receivers. 
Yeah, and that's the thing too. It and you know we'll kind of talk about this now with Kevin Coleman. You know he's not going to be <clears throat> visiting Florida State anymore officially because of you know everything going on with his high school and and getting through state championships and all of that stuff. But you know Mike Norvell is going to be doing an in-home visit with him pretty soon. Kenny Dillingham's already kind of spoke to him and everything. Um, and Oregon, you know, is big in that recruitment. You know, he'll probably want to go to USC and see all the sights and glamours of that before the early signing period. But just know that he is going to be, you know, early signing during that December 15th period, but he's going to be announcing officially January 8th. Leaks and all that stuff are going to come out. So pay attention to it, but don't pay attention to it at the same time. It's hard to keep up, keep quiet between those periods. So, that's another thing too. You got to kind of figure out what's going to happen with Mario Cristobal at Oregon. You got to kind of see if the Manny Diaz reports are true that he's going to be staying at Miami. And if so, that brings to the point of, you know, okay, well, Oregon's one of his, uh, you know, dream schools per se. And where do we go from there? And if we do get Kevin Coleman, I think we go after one more receiver in the transfer portal. But if we do not get Kevin Coleman, I think there's a chance we get two. And I think that's where the discrepancy and everything with the 85 roster limit, I think, is going to be big. I think Florida State's okay with not signing a full 25 class, but they also understand the importance of getting those 25 prospects that are absolutely elite and not just taking a prospect just to take him. Yeah, I I wonder, you know – if we don't have a, a, as many transfer out as we probably would need, but usually everything works itself out. Usually it, it works the way it needs to. But let's say that enough don't transfer out. I wonder how many of these guys are willing to be walk-ons. You know, I, I think, mm-hmm. to be completely honest, I've heard a couple of them say they just want to play at Florida State. They, you know, obviously everybody wants the scholarship, but – yeah. Florida State has – they do pretty good with the walk-ons. I mean, you, you got to start off, you know, obviously with uh, Treshawn Ward. He he was a walk-on. Um, there's guys that are willing to walk on to play at Florida State, which is great. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we want to see it work out to where everybody we want to have a scholarship gets one. Um, I'm just hoping that, you know, enough of that happens for it to happen because – we currently do have uh, at least, you know, six to eight um, players that are on FSU roster that are not not Florida State standard. They're not – they're just not capable of reaching even, it. I would even go to the extent of saying there might be about ten that I, I could even stretch to that amount because there are some cluttered there, – there are still some Willie Taggart guys in here that – uh, might need to get the boot, get out of here. Uh, from the 2020 class, there are some guys that Mike Norvell and staff didn't really have an opportunity to see and didn't really get to evaluate properly. They tried to get a class quickly together right as soon as they got hired, and you see how that goes. So there's just some questionable players on this roster. Now, you can't force kids out, of course. You can say you're not Florida State Calibre caliber but if they want to stay they're going to stay so i mean it comes to a point where you have to you know include them and convince them saying hey 
there may be greener pastures somewhere else and you go somewhere else. So Yeah, I mean I'm sure you've seen the questions up on the screen. Mm -hmm. Who do you see transferring out of FSU? You know, in our pre-show, we went back and forth about whether we were going to say names. And um, if we are saying names, if we if we're going to say names, it, it's not a it's not a knock to who we think is going to yeah. transfer out. And I'm mm -hmm. not going to sit here and say that they're not good players. It just yep. it is very realistic that they don't fit Norvell's system. Or, you know, the defensive side fuller system. Because, again, yeah. these aren't the coaches that recruited them there. They were recruited under and, a different style. And like I said, sometimes it is. I mean, sometimes it could be the 2020 class. And circumstances come where they don't have that evaluation period. They don't know these kids because, you know, we had COVID. Like, what you had a junior day and that was about it, you know. Even some of the 2021 kids, you didn't really get to see much of. So it it just it, it's a tough business. Um, and like I said, we're not taking shots at people. We went back and forth on it. Um, if we say names, it's more along the lines of yeah, greener pastures will probably do you well. Yeah, I mean, I did get a little bit of um, news that. Wyatt Rector was gonna—he's gonna graduate out, from what, from what I understand. Um, I have been asked about Jerry and Jones a couple of times if he's gonna transfer out. I don't personally know for a fact that he will or won't, but I can say that there's been talk that he—he's—he's he's thought about it and he is thinking about it. So that's the thing. We, you know, it's not like our coaches go up to him and say, "Hey, why don't you go ahead and transfer out?" Or, you know, we can't use you. That, that's not how the conversation goes. Um, now they might get a, a conversation like, you know, we're probably going to do the same thing with you, you know, next season as we did with this season. We don't want to hold you back or not, you know, let you uh, show your talents. We just aren't geared to use you the way that you were recruited for. Um, th that kind of that kind of thing is probably what gets said to them. Uh, now, I will say this. Um, you know, now that we're on the topic of Jerry and Jones, because I thought very highly of him. I thought that there was a possibility that he could be a quality starter, not not a all star starter. I thought that he could be a serviceable starter until Travis J comes here, and he would probably see his way down the roster, possibly. Um, he had a moment against North Carolina. He broke the rock. He had an incredible game. He had an incredible stretch there for a little bit, just trying to get different things. And there are some guys in that secondary that you can kind of lay question marks to. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that these are bad players, but I mean, you look at a guy like Renato Green, for example. He was at safety. He had that shoulder injury, and he got moved to corner. Uh, you go to a guy like Demory Tate. Another guy, five-star cornerback. Um, they had such high hopes for him, but he can't get off the scout team. Uh, Travis J, another one. Uh, you put him at returner, doesn't do well. You put him at the number one cornerback spot, he doesn't do well. He's okay at safety, but he's still kind of slow in reacting to certain things. You know, that could be a situation. Brendan Gant could find his way out of the rotation. 
I mean, there there's a couple of guys there that you really don't know what you're going to have in that secondary. And personally, I think Jerry and Jones is an afterthought compared to these guys. Um, if these guys, let's just say one of these guys leaves the program, you know, I think Jerry and Jones has a better chance to start um, compared to that. And even what I say about Jarvis Brownlee, because I don't think Jarvis Brownlee is in that category of transferring out because I really do think he could be something special. I just think he really got rushed to the position that he's at now. I think if he was a junior or maybe a, a redshirt, you know, even a senior at some point, I think he would do tremendous in that role that he's in now. But just the fact that he's trying to kind of roll the punches a little bit and trying to figure out what he is as a player, it's hard to do, especially when they don't have any other corners on the roster that are really exceptional. So he's really just battling his own and kind of being out there on an island. And what can you really expect, you know? Um, I think they have everything made if Jamie Robinson does come back and play safety. I think that's a really good fit for him. I think Akeem Dent is really stepped up into his own. Sidney Williams is another guy that I think is really going to be there. He's got that shoulder injury. you got to figure out what's going on with that. Um, and then you also got Sam McCall that's going to be coming in next season. That's four quality safeties that you're really looking for for the back end of that defense and trying to figure out everything and trying to rebuild, you know, and, and hopefully Adam Fuller, which I don't think Adam Fuller is going anywhere at all. Um, but I do think that that is something that he can build on going into next season. Cornerback play, I mean, Travis Hunter, I think, is going to be the number one guy there. A lot of people say he's going to primarily play wide receiver. And if Florida State doesn't get any transfers or doesn't get Kevin Coleman, that could be a possibility he could he can move primarily to receiver if need to be. But I just think if, if he wants to be a top five NFL pick, I think the best potential pick for him would be corner. And I think it would suit him well to be on that side, you know, on, a, on an island out there. I think that would be the best thing for him. Put Bramley back there also on the other side, you know, and kind of get your O'Marion Cooper, I think is going to be really well. Kevin Knowles, I think is going to be another good corner for him. And uh, kind of build off that foundation that you already have. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, that's that's kind of where you know the guys that are currently on the roster. Just when you have Sam McCall, Travis Hunter, um, when they come in, they just replace two of somebody starting. It, you know, a lot of people are like, "Are y'all sure that they're going to start as you know freshmen and involved? Yes, those two kids will start yes. day one. Uh, they're just that good. That's that's just the facts of it. Um, I was I was being asked if I thought AJ Duffy would start. No, AJ Duffy's not ready to start. No. Um, you, you got to think his his last season at his last season at IMG, which he wasn't able to finish all the way. Uh, go check out how many pass attempts they had versus run. They ran the ball like crazy. So he doesn't have a whole lot of pass you know attempts underneath him. He's got that uh, weird thumb injury. So you're going to have to see where he's at with the injury itself. And to be able to say that you're just going to throw him in there to start, even if he wouldn't have been hurt, he's not going to be ready to start. I would like to see him sit one to two springs before we try to start him personally. Um, I mean, you know, Jameis Winston came out as a great talent at FSU, but a lot of people aren't paying attention that he sat his first year. He did not play. He sat. And as great as a talent as he was, he got to sit for a spring, got to sit for a season, and then, you know, he did his thing. He took over. Uh, I, I would like to see Duffy under, you know, at least one 
season set out, but we'll have to see how that goes because we're going to have to bring in another quarterback at some point because obviously I think Duffy's the next after Jordan if you don't get anybody. I don't think you go to Tate personally, but we'll see how that goes. Um, another impact player that I think is going to start day one is Quayshon Sapp. And if we don't get this center, this transfer from Wisconsin, um, I pretty much would say that you're probably going to have uh, Quayshon Sapp under, you know, he'll, he'll probably be your center. Um, and I met the kid at the Florida game. Uh, he's massive. I mean, that is a, that kid's huge. Yeah. And, and I mean that in a good way. The guy's built, I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, He's excited. You know, a lot of people are worried about him going and uh, visiting uh, Florida again because they got a new head coach. And, you know, there was a bunch of talk back and forth, and then finally he just shut it down and said, I'm not worried about going on a visit. Uh, did Florida State say – there were some rumors saying, oh, if you go uh, visit Florida, then Florida State's going to pull, pull your scholarship. That's, that's incorrect. That was not said. That is not true. Now, they did say they don't want him to go on the visit, that they wouldn't like it. But they didn't say that they're going to pull the scholarship because they're not going to do that. So, as of right now, I expect to see him sign December 15th, uh, along with Travis Hunter. He, You know, Travis has only said it about 74 times on uh, yes. national yes. television. Um, <coughs> you, you know, there's a rumor going around that people are kind of worried about McCall uh, because – one of the coaches, it's either his head coach or whatever, Givens, um, might be getting a, a job at the University of Florida. So they're kind of scared that he's going to get pulled over there because of the coach. Sorry, that's that's that has nothing, it's not going to happen. You, you can pull everybody from that team over there. He's still not going. He's coming to FSU. Yeah. He's made it very clear. Um, expect to see him December 15th signing the Florida State. Um and like I said, too, uh, the only other real competition, and I wouldn't even really call it competition, is Alabama. He really likes that program. He really likes Nick Saban. But they don't have spots. And I know he's a dynamic athlete, but they're going after so many different prospects that they just don't have room. I mean, he can be enamored with Alabama all he wants to, but at the end of the day, like, like, like Chris said, I think it's Florida State, and he's going to be signing really soon. Yeah, he, he, he'll be there December 15th, trust me. Uh, this question popped up. Uh, should we go after Rattler? Uh, do you want me to answer it or do you want to answer it? You go ahead, and I'll probably piece in afterwards. So we did meet with Spencer Rattler face-to-face. Um, they had contact, but ever since that face-to-face meeting, they have really not had any more contact with Spencer Rattler as it is. Um, like you said, it's it's kind of a situation where you're wanting to bring in a guy that's either going to elevate completely in that room that's going to be a clear starter over Jordan Travis, or you get a guy that's just going to elevate the floor of the room while also being okay with being kind of a – not even really a quality backup, but just making sure that it, it's kind of a fringe starter kind of, kind of role. You, you don't want to upset either quarterback, and I understand that you don't want to play fillings sometimes, but the transfer portal is really taking effect on college football and how it's how it's there. You know, you, you got a guy like Jack Plummer 
Uh, he actually plays at Purdue. He's quarterback uh, transfer there. Could be a good uh, quality, you know, reserve piece that we could be able to use. He still elevates to be able to do that. You know, you got a guy like Jack Miller from Ohio State. He was their third-string quarterback. Could be another situation where he comes in and maybe he says, okay, I can battle it out with Duffy once Travis leaves. You know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But in terms of Bradler, I don't see it happening. Now, they do have two receivers, Theo Weiss and also Jaden uh, Hazelwood as well. Those two receivers are elite. And if you can get either one of those guys, you get them because they are can't-miss targets and they would elevate that wide receiver room to a whole different level. Yeah, my answer to going after uh, Rattler is uh, no. I can tell you that um, I was personally told that they're not interested, they're not going to pursue that. No. Um, yeah. I was also told that <sighs> you want this to be a smooth process with uh, A.J. Duffy. I'm yep. not saying that, you know, you can't, go after a quarterback because yes. you can, mm-hmm. but you don't want to go at it uh, ruthless. You, you, you know, you, you don't want to upset the kid that's coming in that's going to be the future of the program. That's obvious. So you just make sure everything's good with Duffy. You make sure everybody's good with what decisions are being made. You, you don't just go out there and get whoever because it looks good today. Um I like I like who you were uh, naming off the kid from Purdue, even the third string from Ohio State. Yeah, um, I actually like both of those kids. But I'm I'm really big on Plummer. They they have actually been in contact with him for a little bit now. Um, the Harrison Bailey thing from Tennessee didn't translate. Uh, I don't think it should be translated. Um, they just look at names at this point. Some people do, especially when we've been at them previous cycles. Um, and that kind of shows, too, about the other guy that just uh, announced his transfer was uh, Brandon Jennings, the linebacker that we went you know, that we went after and he decommitted and was in between uh, Michigan and Maryland at some point. Um, I love Brandon Jennings. I've talked to him several times before, uh, before he decommitted from Florida State. He's a good kid, just a headache uh, to deal with. And I think that burned a lot of bridges for Florida State, and you just don't do that. So. Yeah, uh, from what I understand, we're not pursuing him neither. Um, no, no. Uh, not 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 even the least. Um, you know, this is the beginning of the you know the transfers. This you know this is you know early. So I mean, I think you got what till January or February. And the biggest thing with that is though is you know a lot of times with some of these kids, they're wanting to take visits. They're wanting to extend it all the way to July. And you're even seeing with the kid, uh, Micah Pittman, Morgan, the wide receiver. You know, they're talking about how he's going to be officially visiting next week. But then you turn around and, you know, he's going to say, well, I'm going to try to see if I can enroll in July and take my time with my recruitment. But Florida State doesn't have that luxury. Like, they need to tell them to, you know, you need to enroll by January because we need you in for those 15 practices before yeah. spring practice comes. So, You've got to have that experience, and if you're coming in during the summer, you've lost all kind of time. And you can even see from last season with Parchman, it's the same situation. You need to have guys that are going to come in there, early enroll, look at the playbook, make sure that you're comfortable with everything going on, and then just go from there. 
and I just think you're you're losing a lot of time if you're getting after a kid that's going to be enrolling in July. Yeah, but I can tell you from what I've heard from the staff itself that uh, it's a I don't want to say it's a hundred percent you know flip the light switch off, but I can tell you the lights are extremely dim when they start saying that they want their you know recruiting process to go into the summer. It's a uh, all right. Well, we're not going to because then you're wasting time on somebody that you're going to wait on and then they potentially not come to FSU anyway. So you missed out on six, seven other kids that were, you know, potential uh, candidates for what you're looking for. Um, so I think it's a huge turnoff for some of the kids that want to go into the summer. I don't knock them for it. It's their recruiting process. Do what you do. But Florida State's not going to wait on nobody when they need this roster to be just dynamically better than what it is. They're not going to wait. And I will say this too. Um, you had talked about Frazier earlier from the Florida or Florida international kid. And, you know, he isn't the best option out there in the transfer portal, but he is going to be deciding right before Christmas or around Christmas, somewhere around there. And he's going to be enrolling in January. So that's the biggest thing for Florida state going forward is you have those guys, and even Caden Lyles is talking about being enrolling in January. You've got to find those guys that are surefire starters. You can't wait around because you saw how it was last year when they waited around. You saw what happened, and their result was not pretty. You know, you ended up having Dante Lucas transfer from the program, and you're left without answers that, you know, guard because maybe Johnson is still recovering, and uh, DeMonte Love Taylor is a shell of himself, and you're putting in Brady Scott at that point. So, you know, I'm okay with waiting for the right fit, but at some moment you have to tell yourself and say, hey, this is probably the best option we got. And that's what this Florida State staff has got to do because if they don't take what they can get and what they are going to do, I, I think that's the best thing. Uh, it's just going after guys that are quality that you think are a fit for this organization or this program and kind of go from there. Yeah, I'm going to, you know, there were some questions about, uh, let's see, I, I answered them earlier, but mm -hmm. what do I think about uh, Wesley was saying? Uh, I think his recruitment process is so weird, uh, to be completely honest, but I, right now, he's like a toss-up for me. It's like a 50-50. He's, he's in contact, but he's he's interested in other areas. But yeah. it seems like Florida State <coughs> starts growing on people. They start looking at them like not just coaches, but as father figures or uncles or even brothers, at that matter, for some how some young how young some of our staff is. So that's the reason why the recruiting process takes the time that it takes because yeah. these kids start building relationships and they're like, well, I knew before all this started that I wanted to go here, but I sure get a great feeling when I go over here versus over there. So yeah. I'd say we're number two on the Saints radar right now. Uh, I don't think we're leading, but I also don't think we're far behind. Um, I think Armella is probably going to end up at Florida State. Uh, just depends on <laughs> that one. This kid's recruitment is really weird. Uh, it's so back and forth with what he's doing. Yeah. But 
think Armella's running out of options. I really do. I think he's running out of options. And see, that's the thing I, I think about too with Armella. I, I don't think Florida State is necessarily his first choice, um, but the options are coming where now the LSU option is actually opening up doors now with them hiring Brian Kelly um, because he is able to go back and visit that program for an official visit. So he's able to go back, and Brian Kelly, as we all know with Kane Madden, was able to steal an offensive line transfer that we had before. Transfers are different than recruits, but still the same process. Offensive line, he, he develops offensive linemen really well. And I, if I had to put a crystal ball in, I would say it's Florida State right now just as a process of elimination. I don't think Alabama has enough in him to be able to, to take him in this class. I think he's a developmental prospect, and he is what he is. Uh, for Wesley Besaint, I think you're going to be looking at the Manny Diaz watch to see if they're going to keep him or not. And if so, you know, what, what is that going to do? And you might think, oh, man, Manny Diaz is not a good coach. But they have recruited that kid very, very well throughout the process. And it's something that you have to watch out for. And so, um, you know, with Miami, they're, they're still looking for an athletic director. And a report just came out today that the New Mexico athletic director, uh, Eddie Nunez, was a top candidate for the Miami uh, athletic director job, and guess what? He uh, he basically pulls his name out of the uh, the ballot for for that AD position, and now Miami's kind of looking at their other targets. Um, in regards to Florida State's athletic director situation going on, you know we're trying to look for another athletic director, as it was reported earlier by the uh, Dallas Democrat uh, earlier on. So you have to kind of figure out what you got there. That's going to be a pivotal piece for Florida State to figure out, not just recruiting-wise, but just as an athletic director basis. I think that's going to be an important hire for Florida State going forward uh, as it pertains to all kinds of sports that we have, just the facilities that we have coming up. Um, you know, we're still kind of growing and developing that football facility that we're growing on now. you got to hold out those plans, make sure those plans go through. Um, you know, there's some renovations that Dope Campbell Stadium's going through. Uh, they got to pass it through a couple of tax uh, spender dollars there from the public. You got to hope that goes through. If not, Florida State's going to have to put $20 million out of their pockets. Um, so that's going to be something to watch out for as well. But overall, it's looking good for Florida State with a couple of these recruitments. I think they've got themselves in a good job. Uh, Marvin John Jr. is another kid. I think they're going to be visiting. Uh, they actually visited uh, Earl Little Jr. and Marvin John Jr. So they're still kind of going on with those recruitments, but we all know how that's going to go. Alabama and Florida State, the, the two there. If you thought Oklahoma was involved, they're, they're not involved anymore. So it, you could have stopped that rumor a while back or you could have listened to it. I don't know. Um, but I really – I wouldn't even base too much on what his mom said on Twitter. That's also another thing that a lot of people overreact about, saying that he was already committed before, but he wasn't. It was just a situation where they built a relationship for a very long time. They were able to go on a couple of official visits. He was able to build a relationship with his parents and everything. But, uh, you know, now it's going to a situation where Florida State's kind of uh, in, in the driver's seat for all of those prospects. Um, excluding Earl Little Jr., you got to kind of figure out what's going on with that, um, if Alabama would take him. But if it's taken this long, and he's kind of waiting off his recruitment. Alabama tends to move on to different targets, and Devontae Jackson is going to be announcing pretty soon. So that could be a situation where he gets slid out of that rotation piece. Um, 
somebody mentioned, oh, uh, Lawrence mentioned about the ACC Comcast deal, uh, about the ACC network is going to be available to those Comcast uh, networks. So that is huge for Florida State. Uh, just in terms of a marketability standpoint, uh, profit revenues and different things like that, the ACC network's got to get bigger and better. And I think they did that, especially with this deal. I think that uh, especially does well for Florida State, does not hurt them at all, all kind of fashion. But I will say if uh, if I see another dang soccer game on or cross game on right before the Florida State game and we miss like five or ten minutes of it because of that game, going to be really pissed. But otherwise, I think it was a phenomenal deal by the ACC Network to go ahead and get that done. And that was something that Florida State and even the general public needed. Yeah, because uh, most of us that are watching ACC football yeah. are without ACC Network. makes zero sense. But those guys over in California has got it. Uh, Texas has got it. You know, all these different states. Like, man, I don't even know what I need the ACC Network for. I'm like, I don't either, but I sure they all need it. Um, I mean, I went through that whole loop of YouTube TV and uh, Sling and all that stuff. So, thank God that the deal was made. I'm thankful for it. Um, Let's see. uh, I I spoke spoke to Omar Graham Jr. I'm going to be releasing something for him, I'd say, this before this weekend's. he asked me to do something, and I pretty much, when he asked, I do so. So I'm putting something together for him. Uh, y'all, you know, come back, check it out. Uh, it should be Friday when I get it out, I hope. But we'll see how that goes. Um, I did get two kids in contact with a, a site and a gentleman, and I'm not going to remember his name. But he helps recruits get out, you know, get their name out so schools can see them and et cetera. He even does like a couple of camps. I got two JUCO kids that are going to, that spoke to him today and they're going to continue to speak to him and hopefully, you know, get them ready for Division I uh, football because they have the talent. They just need to get their grades right. There were some situations they need to get fixed. They got it fixed. Now they want to know about the process of what they need to do because the JUCO schools they were playing for, let's just say they didn't. This was their first season as a, as a football uh, team, and it just didn't you know work out. But you saw that there was great talent in areas, and um, so I, I try to do whatever I can to get these kids as much exposure. You don't want to miss the next. Um, I mean, it's a great story, but I don't want to hear any more. Um, what's it, Warner? What's his first name that was bagging groceries when the Rams picked him up? Oh yeah, Kurt Warner. Yep. Uh, great story, but I don't. I don't want the kids to be bagging groceries when they should be playing football on Saturday and Sunday, um, or Monday night football. Y'all know what I'm saying. Um, so we've got too many tools nowadays for these kids not to have exposure and be seen. So let's do all that we can uh, to help them out. Let's see. Question, uh, Taylor. Do we see any position coaches being replaced or removed for the staff? Yes. Um, (laughs) Pretty easy. Um, I can see a certain defensive coach 
being put in a certain position and being removed from a secondary title. I think y'all can kind of uh, fill the dots in with that. Uh, I think they hire a new uh, certain uh, weakness that we have this season uh, as a coordinator. Um, I personally think that if we don't recruit a certain playmaking position um, more than we have on the offensive side of the ball, uh, I think we see that certain coordinator go to a different role or be terminated completely. Um, and I also think that there is a situation where Florida State could um, really go in, in a couple of different directions with, with certain aspects of a certain in, uh, assistant that doesn't recruit as well, and he's kind of lacking on the defensive side of the ball. So. If you want to fill in the blanks, you can. I'm not saying names, but I will say there is going to be some changes, and I don't think they're going to be as drastic as you think, and I think they might actually benefit the program more than hurting the program. Yeah, uh, and a, a lot of the ones that I see being, like like you said, you can fill in the blanks, but the ones that I could see, uh, that I could see being replaced uh, position-wise, I don't see completely being pushed out of the, the staff. Um, there's one that could potentially go either way. He could be given a different role, or he might just say, you know, no, I'm not interested to hell with you guys. Um, you know, we wish you all the best. Have a good time, whatever you do. <laughs> I don't care. But uh, we, we gave some guys a, an opportunity this season to – to do something that they really, you know, haven't done before. Um, it didn't really work out in the aspect. So I think I think one in particular is going to be the biggest impact as long as we hire the right person. Um, all I can say is, is muff punts and uh, just the special teams play all along. I'm just throwing it out there. That guy is probably yeah. not going to be the guy next year. But we'll see. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe he can speak like a lawyer and talk his way back in. I don't know. And just something to keep up with. This is something just for your information. Uh, Ron Dugans and also Odell Hagens are the two contracts that are going to be expiring on January 31st of 2022. This isn't because of anything that Florida State has done contractually. It, it's basically just because they were hired under basically the previous staff so their contracts are a little bit different than some of the other assistants. So that's just something to keep up with. Um, those are basically the two that are next on the potential deadline. And I'm not saying either either one of those coaches are going to get canned or replaced or whatever. All I'm saying is, is those two coaches are next on the on the uh, list of being extended or declined. Yeah, uh, I say as long as Odell wants to be here, you extend it. If he's ready to retire, uh, respect the man's wishes. We'll see how that one goes. You know, I, I talked about it earlier in the season that it seems like this might be Odell's last season. There's been some rumor talk uh, that he's going to retire after this season. and We'll just see because uh, I think that the defensive line was so improved this year. I understand that you had two people we didn't have before, but he, he personally, I like the way Fuller plays. Personally, I think he does decent. Um, and Taylor brought up uh, 
what's the kid's name, uh, Kushney, earlier. I think Kushney's going to end up being a, a dynamic player. He really could be. He has the potential to do it. So, yeah, I, as long as Odell wants to be there, I say he extend it. Um, me personally. I'm an Odell Higgins fan, have been for as long as I can remember. But the proof is right there in front of you. The guy develops the defensive lineman like nobody else. Like, I, I don't see it from everywhere else that quick. So, um, keep Odell, do what you want with the rest um, as far as that goes. Um, moving on away from the coaches, no, Mike Norvell is not going anywhere. Uh, no, Adam Fuller is not going anywhere. Uh, I, I can see there's there might be some roles for uh, some guys uh, to be assistant Almost to uh, Coach Fuller, uh, he's got a lot on his plate with certain practices and certain units um, that he tries to do a little bit too much. And you could tell, like midway through the season, he started being able to coordinate games more than basically hold hands of everybody else. And you could tell the difference in the way the defense played. So I see him maybe getting some assistant. Um, coaches or something helping him out but yeah i don't see fuller going nowhere I, I will say that i have a minor concern and quotation minor concern that dillingham may take a, a head coaching job somewhere else um there's rumored that he's been offered uh, at least one head coaching job somewhere else um not saying that he's interested not saying that he's not uh we'll just have to you know See what we get as that comes along, because you know everybody poaches coaches, man. It, you know it's not it's nothing new. We wouldn't took Mike Norvell from Memphis, um, so you just saw what happened with uh, Brian Kelly was the head coach at Notre Dame for twelve seasons, and the way he just basically walked out on that program was ridiculous. But um, the players obviously didn't take it bad, and they were great with it, but. Uh, you know, I didn't hear from all the players. That, that was one or two guys that said, you know, they were good with it. Uh, I, I don't agree with the way that Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma. I think that was extremely cowardly. Um, and, and, you know, I, I will say this. Maybe both of these coaches had it planned that they were going to tell the, their team. And, you know, there should be certain people know before the public knows. But you got to be really careful around people, even if you, if you think you can trust them. Because it can get out to the media real quick. And I think in some circumstances that's happened in the past. I, I didn't see that happening with Lincoln Riley personally. I, I think that just went the way it went. But, Taylor, you can start with something uh, if you want. Uh, All right. I want to yeah. get off of the coach's <laughs> situation because I'm, I'm mainly getting text messages about do I really think so-and-so is going to get fired or whatever? And I, I want to get off yeah. to coaches if possible. Yeah, and like I said before, I'm not saying names. So <laughs> I'd, I'd refuse to – you even brought up a couple of names. I, I couldn't even do that to myself. So, I mean, basically what Florida State's looking at now is we're, we're at five and seven. We just finished the season. No more bowl games, uh, and I don't expect Florida State to accept an invite, you know, or, you know, do all that other stuff. And, you know, like people were saying about six, seven invites at five and seven, that it was never going to happen. Mike Norvell wants to turn the page on the season, go to the next season and kind of get where you need to get. Um, right now, 
you know, as it stands right now, Mike Norvell is nine and thirteen at Florida State, as we're or eight and thirteen at Florida State, excuse me. And um, there are things that Florida State needs to work on. You know, there's a lot of uh, coaching decisions that didn't really pan out the way it needed to be. There were a lot of player decisions where they didn't execute the way they needed to execute uh, at Brian Kelly because he likes to execute all his players. Um, you know, there, there's just certain things that Florida State needs to do. And with this roster going forward, you have to do a lot of things in the transfer portal. I think overall, I, I really think you need to add another quarterback like we talked about before. I think that's pivotal because you only have three scholarship quarterbacks on the roster. Uh, running back wise, I really don't think if, if unless Corbin goes to the NFL, then you can kind of explore options. But if you're going after a guy like Javante Barnes and you're able to get him, that's huge. Um, wide receiver wise, like I said before, if you get Kevin Coleman, you add another transfer wide receiver and you go from there. If you don't, guys like Theo Weist, uh, Hazelwood, uh, Tyrese Chambers is another guy I highlighted earlier today. Um, on my Instagram page about the FIU wide receiver. He's got about 2,000 yards, about 17 touchdowns in his last two seasons. Uh, I think he played at a community college, or he played at a community college and then turned around and played at Sacred Heart and then turned around and played at FIU. So he is really good, and I think he is a talented piece there. Um, you also got a guy like Jake Bobo. Um, he was from Duke, so you got to watch out for that as well. Micah Pittman, we already talked about that. Joshua Moore is another guy. They're not super active with him. They're kind of slowing down a little bit, but they did meet with him. He is a target for them, isn't a huge target. He's out of Texas, so we're going to have to see how that plays out. Uh, offensive line-wise, you got to get at least one more to add with Bless Harris, the offensive lineman transfer, and you may even try to get two if you can. But there's not really many quality guys that have really entered. Uh, the Alabama guy, Quick, uh, I think Riley Quick, I think is what his name is. They're not really going after him as much. They're not really impressed. And I don't blame him. Uh, he's not very good. He's kind of slow in his footwork. His hand placement's terrible. Um, but overall, I think Miles Frazier is a guy you look at. Uh, you know, he's got three years of eligibility left. Um, and also, Caden Lyles is another guy that we talked about from Wisconsin, the center. Uh, that's just mainly because of where you're at right now and trying to figure out everything. Defensive end-wise, they really haven't found anybody. Uh, I think the guy from Florida entered the transfer portal today, uh, Bogey. So you got to think maybe they might look at him. I think there's also an FCS option that they're looking at as well. Can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he um, he's really productive, and you're, you're hoping to find that splash upside high, you know, acquisition, and I think you're able to do that with a certain pieces that you have. Uh, defensive tackle, there's not really many prospects out there. Linebacker, they really haven't found a linebacker that they're really impressed with. Like I said before, Brandon Jennings is not a guy they're really after at all. Um, that bridge has been burned quite some time now. And um, it's almost like Jerron Willis, which they visited today. Uh, they're, they're tired of the games. They're tired of, you know, if you're going to burn that bridge and say you make a big announcement and you're saying you're locked in, but you're still visiting other schools, they're turned off from that. They have a policy in place where if you're visiting schools too often, as you saw with Nico Marchio, it's the same situation. You cannot distrust this. This staff is putting a lot of trust in you to be able to handle yourself responsibly and, re and uh, respectively to the staff. And if you can't do that, they're not going to take a chance on you, and they will pull you, pull basically pull you away 
from that program to be able to go after different options. So, I mean, you go after DB, Marcus Banks, they're not really super impressed with, but they're still looking at him. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's a four-star. Yeah, he's a legacy recruit, but they're not really super impressed with him. I, I think he's, he was going to be going on an official visit to Florida State, but that visit got taken away. He's going to be visiting another school now. I can't remember the school off the top of my head, but uh, not really much there. Um, safety position, they're not really looking at anybody. They're hoping to possibly get on uh, Marquise Gilbert. Uh, he's going to be announcing a top three schools list on Friday. So you're looking at a guy like that as well. That could be a possibility as a Juco with about two or three years of eligibility left. Um, overall, um, I only see a couple of serious targets that they're going after. And really the transfer portal is just kind of opening up. They're taking their time but they also understand that it could be about six transfers that they get into in that situation. Yeah, I don't see any um, – I don't see there, that there's going to be any new names as far as uh, high school recruits. I think they're recruiting the guys that they've recruited this entire time. Uh, they're not going to go after any new guys. Or you're not going to see a whole lot of new names pop up. I will say the um, the Devin Moore thing, and I, I communicated with him a while back. You know, whenever we were recruiting him, uh, the safety out of Naples, Florida, um, he was a Notre Dame commit and decommitted from there. That's a little bit strange to me why they did an in-home visit, but maybe they know something. Maybe they're just trying to keep building that relationship, and maybe he's a backup option. But it, that confused me a little bit. Um, I just don't know about that one. I was on a Twitter space today with uh, uh, Josh Newberg and TJ. I don't want to say his last name. Yeah, Peter. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there was probably about 200 and some odd people on there. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, a decent conversation. Um, I will say that I look at things a lot different than some of those guys. Uh, a lot of them have sources that they use and. I have sources that I use, um, but I don't know. I don't know if I should say this or not, but I'm going to. I think Spiratics, Norvell Central, uh, and and a couple others uh, have really started changing the atmosphere of what fans do or say about this school because – yeah, there there was a there was an article released by two four seven that you know said that our growth and improvement under Norvell outweighs the record. Two four seven sports a year ago would have never said anything remotely close to that. Yeah. Um, I think what what I set out to do to bring positivity to this program, uh, whether it be hard times or great times. Uh, what Taylor has done, um, a, a lot of people pick on. I don't know about Taylor, but I get picked on a lot for being over positive. Uh, they said that I'm a little bit too positive. Um, the greatest part of it was no one has told me that I was unrealistic. Uh, if you go back and look at the games that we lost, we could be 8-4 and four right now. So what I said wasn't unrealistic. It just didn't pan out the way that I wanted it to, which obviously it didn't pan out the way 
the Florida State players, staff, administration wanted it to. But if you are watching the same team that I'm watching, you cannot sit here and say that this team emotionally, uh, discipline-wise, um, heart-wise, if you can't look at that team and say that they've improved dramatically, like, do not fold, do not give up, you ain't watching the same team that I'm watching. So, mm-hmm. y'all can stay negative or you can go be a Gator fan or whatever you want to do. They look like they're doing a great job over there, by the way. I mean, go look at their roster. They, if you If you look at it and you go by statistics, they should have just buried us. It should have been a blowout, a 50 to 10 kind of blowout. If you look at their roster versus what ours is, that's not knocking our kids. That's stating that we've got, I don't know, 40, 45 freshmen, somewhere along that area. We got a lot of young talent. And it just didn't add up. But for some reason, these kids came out and played the entire season, even after going 0-4. So I like the I like to see that the narrative is being changed. That no, Taylor doesn't like seeing five and seven. Chris doesn't like seeing five and seven. Yeah. But most important, those players in that locker room, they don't like seeing five and seven. They and they they're fighting for it not to happen. They fought hard for it not to happen this year, and they're going to fight harder next year. So, if you're watching the same guys I am, watch the improvement, because I think, I think next year, depending on what we do with this transfer portal, I'm excited just about the high school class that's coming. And if we add to it with the transfer portal to get immediate help again, I feel sorry for Miami and Florida. I really do, because. I think Bill, isn't that his first name? Uh, I think he's a good coach. I do. I think he's a really good coach. I think he's a decent recruiter. Has he ever been in a Power 5 stage? I don't think so. No, and he doesn't really uh, – because I I don't know if anybody knows this. I've I've actually graduated from Troy, so I'm kind of familiar with that Sunbelt landscape. Uh, I've worked a lot with, with Coach Neil Brown when he was there at Troy. Uh, so I know a lot about the Sun Belt Conference just in general. Billy Napier is a good developer and a good recruiter at certain times, but he also has shortcomings with his game management. There are a lot of things that he has to work into uh, being a developer. He's never signed a four-star prospect. He's always signed three stars. And even though that Louisiana Lafayette program has been okay and you're seeing the turnaround from being a, you know, a, a 10 win program and up now with that situation, you're not really having to worry about Georgia Southern in that conference anymore. You're not having to worry about Appalachian state because they're down now, you know, even Troy, South Alabama, different programs like that, they're not doing anything. And, you know, even with the expansion coming up, he could have easily stayed at Louisiana Lafayette and still won nine or 10 games at least every year but he chose to go to a power five program and that's, that's fine and everything, but he's going to have to find assistants that are able to recruit and help him recruit. And it's not saying he's a terrible recruiter, but I don't think he has the relationships that are necessary to get past that threshold. 
And I don't know if he can. Maybe he's going to bring some more assistance in that are able to help him. But just overall, I just don't know if he's got that capability to do that just yet. I think he's okay as a game manager, but he's not great. He's not going to set the world on fire. I think he got lucky with uh, Levi Harris as well, uh, their quarterback. I, I think that he is a very dynamic quarterback. But at the same time, you're trying to figure out everything. And if uh, if it's not the right fit for him, it may go pretty bad at Florida. All I can say is, is good hire, Florida. Y'all did a great job. Miami, don't listen to all y'all's fans. Keep Diaz. He's yeah. the right man for the yeah. job. Yep. Um, uh, you know, he just had a fluke season. Yeah. Uh, it won't happen again. Uh, trust, trust in his process. Um, and he's not worried about recruiting in the summer. That fake momentum. Uh, yeah. I don't know how it's going now, but look, keep y'all's guys, man. Keep your bill, whatever his name is, Napkinhead. Yeah, um, old Napkinhead. Keep, uh, keep old Manny right where he's at. Uh, let Manny show his fanny. I don't give a shit. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm going to respond to this real quick. This guy gets after me a little bit. Only Chris would be outside in a short sleeve shirt in 40 degree weather. Norville Central is inside with a hoodie on. Smart play, my guy. Yeah. Taylor, yeah. I hope you're nice and toasty. Oh, oh, it's, it's great in here. Uh, Lawrence. Teach somebody something. I I ain't no student, not of yours, son. Don't worry about me. I don't get sick. And if I do, I work through it. Hey, yeah. I know him personally, Taylor. We we used to work together. Oh, really? Yeah. So he he messes with me a little bit about them Coca Colas, you know. Um, yeah. Anyways, I'm, I'm surprised you're not uh you're not you know drinking on the Coca Colas and got the got the glazy eyes going on and all that stuff. So. Man, I'm. I'm telling you the honest God's truth, and uh, I'm sharing this with everybody. I have literally had zero sleep, like four days straight. Yeah. And I can't, for the life of me, figure out why. I just can't sleep. My job has been jacking with me going back and forth on nights and days. Yeah. So that's what started it. Anyways, long story short, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I'm not high. I'm just really tired. I, I, I understand that, man. Um, here, here's a, here's a question that I want to ask you though. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> who coming that you know for sure is coming, or who on this roster? Who in the hell did we put back there as a punt returner? Devon Mortimer. Uh, simple answer. I, I think he's the most dynamic. Uh, I know this may be something that's really surprising, but like I said, I know he's a true freshman. You talked about it before with AJ Duffy. It's a different animal, though. Greg Reed started as a true freshman. Um, he's very dynamic, has six return touchdowns in 2019, and was able to get a couple of momentum things going on in uh, 2020 and then also in 2021. He's that experience, and he's very dynamic in what he can do. Sam McCall, don't don't count him out either at punt return and kickoff return. That's also another option that you can work towards. I really don't think that they're going to have enough capability to be able to um, do Corey Wren. I think that ship has sailed. I think it's going to sail. Um, 
don't be shocked if exit meetings happen in a couple of weeks and maybe that goes to a different situation. Um, Ja'Kai Douglas, I think, is over with in that situation. Uh, if War- if um, not Warren so Philly, but uh, if Jayshon Corbin is basically not declaring for the NFL draft, I don't think you see him there. Um, I don't think you see Travis Jay there. Um, it, everything's just starting to cancel out. And I don't think it's going to be an existing person that you've already seen on the roster. I don't even think you put, you know, even Travis Hunter back there. I know he's a dynamic athlete. I understand that. And I'm all for putting your athletes in space. And it's a punt return and kickoff return, you know, basically a priority for Florida State going forward. This is something that you need. And if you're able to set yourself apart in special teams and make a difference, because Mike Norvell talks about how those hidden points about how you can, you know, take advantage in a game and talking about how special teams matters. You know, if you put Travis Hunter back there, that's going to be special. And I'm not, I'm not condoning that because, you know, you don't want to risk injury. He's playing a lot of roles in, in general as it is. Um, but if Travis Hunter needs him to go back there, um, he'll do it. Uh, it's whatever you need him to do at this point. But I do think that Mortimer is probably the best guy you got back there right now. My answer earlier, which I could screenshot it and send it to you, was exactly the same. I I said, don't count out Sam McCall, but I said <laughs> Mortimer is going to be that dynamic guy that 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 I personally would see being the the return. He, he just, I can't wait till these kids get on the field. So some some people, you know, I don't know. They say they don't follow the kids or pay any attention to them to. You know, they're actually signed and on yeah, the roster. I, yeah, yeah. I think guys like us that go out and build relationships with them. I'm not saying that we, we pull them to Florida State. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying we can't hurt because I've had a lot of them tell me, man, I really enjoy the way that y'all, you know, y'all are interested in the program that much. You're yeah. interested in what we want to do other than play football. Yep. It makes us feel real comfortable being able to, to at least, you know, open up to you guys about what we want to do, you know, after school or if we don't make it in football. And a lot of people just say when they come to Tallahassee, they feel like they're at home. I I feel the same way. I feel like I'm at home every time I go there. So uh, y'all please stick around. I have now figured out. I I was in question on if I was going to continue doing episodes or not because the season was over. I'm not a big basketball talking guy. I love Florida State basketball. I love Florida State baseball. I played baseball. I know plenty about the game. But it's not something that I want to talk about. I don't mind, you know, saying what we won or saying that we had a great game, something to that effect. Uh, I could give details. I'm just not that guy that wants to talk about baseball or, or basketball or soccer for that matter. I know Jack about soccer. Um, other than goal, that's all I know. I don't know anything else. Um, so I was questioning whether I was going to continue episode or not. It seems like uh, we're going to have plenty to continue to talk about. So we're going to continue episode. We're going to continue. Uh, please stick around for the recruiting process because this is where I think personally the recruiting process is just as fun as the season to me. I, I Sometimes I, I enjoy it more. It just all depends on how it pans out. Uh, 
this year to me is really special because you got the number one guy in the country that's coming to FSU. You got people like Sam McCall, AJ Duffy. I even I'm ready. I'm ready to see this Brian Courtney kid personally. Um, yeah. You had made a statement that you know we could even see him, you know possibility being a defensive end. When you said that, yeah. my mind like bounced around like a ping pong ball because yeah. I was like, man, that kid's extremely quick for his size. He is built. Yeah, ungodly, and he's got just the footwork and hands. It's, I'd love to see it. Hopefully, it, it pans out to he'll be playing somewhere. He's going to be in some position. He's going to fill some spot because he's too, in my opinion, too good not to. Um, and for some reason, I keep forgetting about. Uh, except for today, I have previously forgotten about Mortimer altogether. Mm-hmm. And and if he ever sees me, he slaps me across my face. Actually, don't do that. Don't slap me across my face. But if you got something to say, I don't blame you because I do forget about me, you a lot. Let me ask you about this uh, since we're on the topic of Mortimer. So he does have a good relationship with Nigel and Kelly. You know, Nigel and Kelly's relationship is, you know, with him is very strong. And, you know, even with the staff, you know, he was once a Florida State commit. Do you think that Florida State still has a legitimate chance or do you think it's more along the lines of he's just enjoying the recruitment process and he's going to end up probably elsewhere? I personally think he's enjoying the hell out of the recruiting process. Yeah. But he's putting himself almost in the same situation as where Oral Little Jr. is. And you're kind of running out of spots. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these schools don't want to continue to wait or they'll move on. Um, I personally think when you're taking a test, you ever heard a teacher or your parents or even yourself say, don't second guess your answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, your first instinct usually is the right one. I think Kelly made the right decision just too soon. He should have waited a little bit longer to do agree. the process. Yeah. But I think Florida State's the right fit for him. Mm-hmm. And I actually think his feelings to come to Florida State's never changed. I think that's really where he wants to be. He just – he kind of stepped away to experience the other side of it. Yeah. Uh, but I personally think that we have a a really good shot at him still signing here. Uh, I think a lot of people are waiting on uh, Marvin Jones Jr. and Earl Little Jr. They want to see somewhat what's their competition that's going into the year. Uh, and let me ask you this. So if we're able to get, let's just say, a Marvin Jones Jr. and a, and a Nigel at Kelly, do you think – we will go after a transfer or do you think that basically just cancels them out and you're saying, Oh, well, you know, we're, we're done now at this point. If we, if we pull Marvin Jones jr. And Kelly, I see no reason to go on the portal. Personally, I, I yeah. wouldn't, I would give those two as much, you know, playing time as possible to build them up for next year. But yeah. And, and that not- also, Depends yeah, because on... you're, you're not looking at like a George Wilson or a Patrick Payton where it's four-star guys, but they're undersized. You're not – look. there's not a Jermaine sitting out there on the portal right no. now. So I don't no. – you don't go get a, a, an average or maybe just above average defensive end if you pull those two kids. That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Like you're wasting a spot at that point yep. because those two are probably going to beat him out anyway. 
uh, in my opinion. I, I think Marvin yeah. Jones Jr. and uh, Kelly both are damn near college ready. They're they're extremely if they're not there, they're extremely close. Yeah, and you saw how McClendon and Fuller did this season in a backup role, and even Cushney for that matter. I mean, those are you know three that are really good. So, so this question was asked, and y'all, I want everybody to know this. I am a Marvin Jones one senior and junior like huge fan. Yeah, uh, and and I will tell the honest guys truth about this kid's play. You you might want to go back and watch uh, some of his film because it's not necessarily he's not Jermaine Johnson. He doesn't have that that second move, so to speak. He he doesn't usually get into that situation. He he'll overpower somebody at that point or get around the edge quicker. But it's his initial uh, snap or the way he gets off the ball is what messes a lot of a lot of offensive uh, guards and ta- like it his ability to get off the snap is amazing so that's what gets them on their heels almost immediately yeah I, I definitely think that with him I think it's more of a box position type deal with yeah. like Keir Thomas I think that would be a, a great role for him um, I also think that would be a great role for a guy like Patrick Payton, but you know, he's a little bit smaller right now with where he's at. Right. So, and don't discount Byron Turner either. I mean, right. that's another situation where I think that Byron Turner can be really good with where he's at. And I think that could be a good fit for him. But as just Marvin John Jr. and his talent in general, I think that is something that you can really make a lot of moves for. And I think that that's something that Florida State has really missed. And that's why I hated Travion Williams decommitting from the program because I think he is ready-made for the college game. And, you know, he's going in a different direction. I do not see him coming back to this class. Um, likewise, other than, you know, Nigel Kelly, you know, in that same situation. But Travion Williams is basically – they visited him, but I just don't think he's ever going to come back. I think he's going to probably stay in state or he'll probably go to Auburn, one of, the, one of those schools. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think we're going to get Williams back. Um, I also think he made that decision prematurely. Um, he was feeling it in the moment. It, you know, if everything felt great. And then you went and sat home for a month or two, and you, your mind starts racing, life starts happening. And you might want to stay a little bit closer to the house. It's hard to pull them kids out of Mississippi. It really is. Like It's, yeah, it's not an easy task. Yeah, it's definitely uh, something to think about just, just in terms of uh, where everything is. And we all know about the Mississippi kids, like, you know, Altmeyer and all those other guys. So they're hard to get out of Mississippi. So when you get them, you get them. Yeah. Um, what do you think about – this has nothing to do with Florida State, but what do you think about this uh, Arch Manning kid? I like him. I think he's a generational talent, but I also think he's uh, – kind of it, it comes with the territory when you're when you're that good um so you know it is what it is uh by the way if you see me looking down uh i'm actually making a post right now but camden brown actually decommitted from uh pittsburgh so that's that's one thing to watch out for just saying in terms of florida state and where they stand right now so just, see, just 
throwing that out there. That guy named boy got breaking news while we on live. We got breaking news. So I mean, um, just watch out for that. Um, that's one thing for Florida State going forward. How they kind of handle everything um, and how they prioritize receivers. I think that's a that's a bigger uh, thing there for Florida State going forward. So watch out for that. Um, I'll be keeping. A little bit more news with that. Um, I want to kind of give him his space and privacy right now to kind of figure out what he wants to what what he wants to do. But I'll definitely stay in contact with him on that All one. Right. I, I got a I got a couple of people that definitely agree with me. I'm not going to name their names, but they know who I'm talking about. I asked you about Arch Manning for a reason. Yeah. Uh, did, I, you, did you see that video that he had with that that one girl? I don't know yeah. if you saw that. Yeah, I did. I, yeah. Here's my thing. I think he's a good quarterback. But I think he's in that Trevor Lawrence uh, mistake mishap. Yeah. Everybody said that Trevor Lawrence was going to be a generational talent. I never saw it while he was at Clemson. Uh, people don't want to pay attention to the absolute NFL stars that were around uh, Trevor. I think Clemson's – National title teams better than the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. And when you got players around yeah. you that are that good, they make you look real good. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think Arch Manning's a good quarterback, but I don't think he's a generational talent. I hope he proves me wrong, but I don't see it. Uh let's see. So you know my wife actually sent me that. Uh uh that uh What'd you say his name was? But he did Yeah, she actually sent that to me about fifteen minutes ago, and she's telling me about it now. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, thanks, wife. I apologize. I, I couldn't read it. I, I'm very yeah. Sorry. That's what I'm saying. I couldn't read it either. So I just um, I looked down and I saw he had texted me about it. So yeah. So I'm reading this comment down here. It says, "So how many do we sign in December on early signing day?" At least 50% or more of the recruits and transferred portal players by early January. Thoughts? Yeah, there's I, 14 out of the 17, if I remember correctly. Or is it 15 out of the – something like that. It's like it's like two of them aren't completely um, going until then. I think it's Jarrell Powers and somebody else, I want to say. It's two prospects that aren't early enrollees, but they are. Everybody's mostly signing. You'll have, I think, I think every one of them that that are hard commits are going to sign on December 15th. But I think the early enrollee part, I think there's only like two that aren't. Yeah, there's only, yeah, there's, it's, um, it's Powers and. Is this teammate? I think it is. Is Jalen Early in, in Powers? I know Powers is, but I can't remember if Jalen Early – I don't know if they're if their high school does early enrollee. They they don't. That's what it is. They don't. That's that's one of the reasons that Kid D uh, uh, went ahead and went to Ohio State. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, because he was going to have to wait, like, extra yeah, long. Yeah. Um, but, yes, yeah, those two. The two kids in Texas aren't – they're not going to be early enrollee, but they are going to sign on December 15th. Yeah, I mean, and you got, you know – Sap, I think, is coming in the summer, right? Is that correct? Yeah. But he's going to yep. be signing in December. That's just another situation where, you know, you got to finish out some grades and 
got to finish out some assignments and everything like that. It just happens. You have to do these years in advance for early enrollee. And that's what not a lot of people understand is even when you're talking to kids like Omar Graham Jr. and Sam McCall and different things like that, you have to get those classes finished early and you have to have a two-year plan before you're able to do that kind of thing. So I just think that is something that not a lot of people talk about, but it needs to be talked about. Yeah, they need to understand it. That, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, not just missed information, but I see a lot of kids get misinformed. They yeah. they get told completely wrong. Um, but with that, Taylor, I don't have uh, much else that I want to talk about. I'm gonna I'm actually gonna make a couple of phone calls to a couple of the people we're talking about. All right. Yeah. Um. um like I said, we're, we're going to try to do a little bit more. Um, like I said, like Chris was talking about how we were going to kind of highlight some more stuff later, later on and suit and more, uh, previous or future episodes that we have talking about that. And then talking about how the February signing period is not super important like it used to be, but you know, we're still going to be talking about that. Then you go straight into after the signing period in February, you're talking about getting ready for spring practices. And then, you know, you're also talking about spring game. And then after that, you go straight into the summer and you know how Mike Norvell will open up those doors in the Moore Center. And, you know, here we come. Won't be Midnight Madness again, but it'll be something they'll try to do that's innovative and creative. And uh, then you're going straight to the season and fall camp. So it's going to be a lot of exciting things that you don't really want to miss. And uh, that's something that I'm really, uh, excited to see. I'm ready. I'm, yeah. I'm so. I think somebody the day the day that uh, we lost the Florida dude said it's 267 days till Florida State football for 2020. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for that, especially with like everything going on. That's a big accomplishment for Florida State. You know. In terms of, yeah, it sucks that we lost to Florida, but now we're going into improving the roster, getting ships turned around, understanding our faults and what we did wrong in certain situations, and going there. And what I encourage the fans to do in terms of that, it's okay to be critical. It's okay to, to you know, not understand certain aspects of what's going on because I understand it's very confusing. Uh, the coaches' staff knows best, and if they have somebody that doesn't know what they're talking about or doesn't know – how to kind of perform at the right level, they're going to they're gonna be relieved of their duties. So they're going to figure out everything that's going on. They're going to get the right players in here for Florida State. I think they're on the right path. It's just a matter of putting it all together. And I think this team fights tremendously, like you said before. I think they do a tremendous job with certain aspects, and I think there's some shortcomings, like I said, that need to be fixed. But I think overall, if you kind of combine all of that together, it's a product that has improved. And I think that Florida State will do well. I think that other than uh, their counterparts in the state of Florida, with Florida and Miami and UCF and all those other programs, I think they're taking a downward trend. You have to take advantage of this certain uh, instance. You have to understand also that Brett Venables, with certain situations at Clemson, Tony Elliott, you know, all the uh, realms in the ACC, uh, not, not even just Miami, you know, what about Clemson? What do they do in that situation? So you have to take advantage of certain situations. We have to finish strong in the recruiting class. And you have to understand that December 15th is right around the corner. 
And you have to understand that also we're going after a lot of big dudes in the transfer portal. It's not just a Band-Aid. It's how we have to operate. And the transfer portal is just how it is these days. It's very important, and um, we have to capitalize on every single thing that we do. If we don't, we're a step behind. But we're Florida State, and we're going to keep pushing forward. So I think that's the best way we got to kind of handle it. That's the best way that we have to go. And I'm okay with everyone being critical, like I said, but you have to believe and trust in the staff. And without belief and trust, it's nothing. I'm down with every bit of it. I got one thing uh, that I'm going to say. This is the critical part. Hashtag no more muff punts. Yes. Hashtag no more muff punts. Sorry, guys. It changed the game. We lost all momentum. Yep. All year long, we sat there and watched balls roll to the damn one-yard line. And for some reason, the one that gets lost in space up here, we reach out and try to catch it. Yeah. Dear God, what happened? Anyways, this season, as far as football season's over, recruiting season's wide-ass open. Yep. I'm excited. Y'all better get excited, and y'all keep joining us. We will have plenty more to talk about. Uh, keep watching the pages because we'll obviously we're going to report it faster yeah. than we get our asses on here. Yep. Uh, so y'all, please keep paying attention. It's been fun. Go Knowles. Let's get some recruits in here. Transfer portal. The Knowles are coming. We'll see y'all. Have a good one, Taylor. Have a good one. Be careful tomorrow at work. Of course. Y'all have a good one.